I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. Hello, everyone. I am here joined with Sten Pitet. Am I, am I saying that right? Pitet? Uh, it's, yeah, Pitet. But Ooh, I, I'm Pitet. so used to hearing different <laughs> versions of my name. Like, I just responded. Oh, man. So Pitet, just, Pitet, just Pitet. messed it up. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Sten is jo- and, uh, joining us today. Um, so you're the founder of Tability, which, from what I understand, it you you know you help teams simplify goal tracking. Can you talk a little bit more, just so that uh, listeners can get a little bit an idea of who you are, of what you're building, what you're doing with Tability? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. So um, it's actually interesting to, to like trying to describe what we do. Like there's a simple way to, to, to talk about it, which is like saying like, Hey, we're doing goal tracking. Um, but you know, it's like, what kind of goals and what are you trying to do exactly? And, um, for me, it's like, what I like to say is that we're an accountability platform. And the problem with that is that sometimes it's seen in a negative way, right? It's like, Oh, accountability for my bosses and stuff. Whereas it's more about like saying that, for instance, you have a business and you probably set yourself some goals. And it's really hard, you know, as soon as you start coding, there's so many new things that are coming into, um, into it, right? You can get sucked into a feature and you forget about the stuff that you needed to, to focus on. And so the idea of stability is to have this kind of assistant that reminds you on a weekly basis, hey, this is what you should be doing. Like, this is what you said at the beginning of the quarter, like, those are the goals that you want to achieve. Um, and the idea with that is to really help people, like, execute better by always being reminded right so you can go during the week and and work on something and then every monday like we'll come back and say hey this is your plan and have you made any progress on that um and sometimes you know um sometimes you know you you look at the plan and you're like oh you know what i need to change it because it's not good Mm -hmm. anymore Mm -hmm. but the idea is really to not let you you know drift without a you know looking back at what you thought you would be doing so that's Tabidity in a nutshell is a bit of a complex way to explain it, but um, I'd rather say that than say that we, for instance, we're an OKR platform, so I'm not sure if your listeners are familiar with OKRs, but that's one of the goal-setting mm-hmm. framework of the moment. And, um, but yes, for me, accountability is what we do. It's like trying to be an assistant to all teams. Okay, cool. So I have a, a follow-up question to that, but first I want to just say kind of give an idea to everyone the plan of what we're going to talk about. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about what Sten's doing um, and kind of how you're bootstrapping this business and what what life is looking like for you in that business. Um, And then uh, I I think Sten had some questions for me maybe some hard questions trying to drill down what I'm, what I'm doing with potion. So that will kind of be the second kind of topic that we're going to go over um, in this podcast. So just to let you know, give, give you a heads up there. Uh, Okay. So Sten, um, so who, who's using Tability? Like, so it's obviously everyone has, you know, goals and, you know, needs to kind of track their goals, see how they're doing once, wants to get uh, maybe reminders of how they're doing on their goals and, and want to do better at them. So like, who are you serving with this? Like, can it work for anyone or is it mostly with like a certain size of company or what's that look like? Yeah. So, um, I wish it was a great tool for bootstrappers, but, um, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not a market, right? It's like quite often, you know, when you're by yourself getting started, like your, your, first intuition is that you can just like do that by putting things on a, 
you know, uh, spreadsheet or Google Doc. And where we shine is really when teams, you know, so you start your project as a small team and then as your team grows and there's so many people that are doing different things that it's hard to understand, you know, what, what the actual focus of the company is. And so what we're seeing is like more like teams um, from 20 people and up to, you know, a couple hundreds. Uh, the sign for the product and then what the, the primary thing, you know, the generally it's like someone that has to send emails to the team every week uh, to remind me, hey, remind everyone, hey, can you update your goals like on Friday so that Monday we can look at progress. And the first thing that we say to that person is like, hey, we can automate that for you, right? So we can get the goals like on your website, on our website, like if you go there, it says like, get your goals out of spreadsheets. And that's the idea is like, if you have things in the spreadsheet, yeah, it works at the beginning, but then people forget about it. And so what we do is mm -hmm, we automate mm -hmm. all of that. And, and it was intentional, right? So I come from, I used to work at Atlassian and that's something that I saw there. Like it, for small teams, it's not as important, but like when a team gets large, like it's visibility um, across, you know, what the company or what your team is trying to do, right? It's not about necessarily the company, yeah. but just a simple way for people as a developer to understand like, why am I coming to work and, and um, how are we doing, you know, instead of just like looking at a backlog of features. Um, I think it's right. much better to, to have a sense of purpose and then to understand how you can best contribute to you know, what your team is trying to achieve. Yeah, that makes sense. So it it's like personal goals. So each team member has their own goals and stuff, but it, but it kind of shows those to everyone else on the team and everyone can kind of keep each other accountable because they're seeing kind of the same things that you are. Yeah, no, so, and, and the personal goal part is interesting because we try to not do that. So we don't want to do personal goals because we think, um, so if you think about like this, the way you can organize a company, um, the problem with personal goal is that it, when uh, in a company, people try to, you know, and I hate this word, it's like cascade stuff, right? It's like, there's things at the top is like, for instance, let's say that you brought a couple more people um, around you um, and you're like, okay, so there's goals for us as Potion, then maybe someone is on the marketing side and say, okay, so now for the marketing goals, those are the goals. For the product goals, you have like a different set of priorities. Yeah. Um, so you could decide to keep it at a, like organize things by teams, which I think is best, right? It's like there's a business and there's like uh, team A, team B. And if you do that by people, now you, you've fallen into the trap of trying to make, like you're working now for your boss instead of working for the team, right? And that's the thing that while we right now we avoid a bit like personal goals because the danger is to see people saying like, oh, now I'm looking at, you know, the goals of the CEO and the goals of the CXO and the goals of my manager. And I align to mm -hmm. their personal goals. Whereas like, I think it's better for everyone. If, you know, when you look up and you try to see like, what am I going to contribute to? It makes sense that it's aligned on the customers rather than, you know, the person that is managing you. Um, right, yeah, for sure. I, I don't know if that's a good um, answer to your question. I was just like, I heard personal goals and I wanted to touch on that a bit because, um, so to maybe like a better way to talk about Tableau is to think about the future of work and what whatever that means. It's like, for me, what it means is like, you'll have a lot more smaller teams that are autonomous and spread around the world and 
you want them to be empowered to work independently. And so the question is like, how do you do that at scale? And COVID has accelerated all of that, right? It's like all of a sudden companies that thought everybody has to sit together would never experiment with remote. They've been forced to do that experiment. They've been forced to like let people like work from home and they realize, oh, okay, you know, the machine still works, but now we need like a new way to, you know, get a sense of direction and to also know what's going on. Yeah. So you used to be able to like run around the office and just ask people. So now you need to have like a different way to do that. So that's what we're trying to solve. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, so I, my, at my day job, I work at Vizio. It's a TV company here in the U.S. And we have uh, about 500 employees. And um, we have this terrible goal <laughs> tracking software. It's called, I think maybe it's called Success success factors i'm not even sure like that might be what it's like in like inside of or something i'm not sure but it, it's just like super slow and hard to navigate you're not really sure what you're doing um but it's you know kind of like quarterly goals but like you kind of like just put them in and then you just like never see them again and then like you well you do review them i guess on one-on-ones every once in a while with your like manager um but yeah they're just kind of sitting on the side and you're you're not really reminded about them and you don't really remember what they are and mm. yeah it's just it's not it's mm. not the best um so, so it sounds like stability might uh, be a lot better than that yeah and um that's really interesting right because this is also why for instance like i don't like to say goal tracking because then you sound like a reporting tool whereas like for us what mm-hmm. we're trying to be is a collaboration platform and an assistant and um like what happens when you build a reporting tool is that you build something that is for the upper layer management of the company. Um, and they need something, right? They need visibility and they're, they're probably the first ones that are saying like, oh, we're super happy when we get a thing like this because now we can see what everyone is doing. But the problem is like for me, you know, it's like I come from a team, like I was like a, like a product person and cool, you know, you do that, that reporting, but the thing is like, what's, what's in it for me? And, and what we're trying to do so my, my co-founder, so he had this great phrase. He said, okay, what we need to get to, our, our ambition is like, everybody hates OKRs, but everybody loves stability. And the idea is like to say that we know people don't like to have to do this reporting because it feels like um, a chore. It feels like something you have to do for someone else. And so we mm-hmm. want to turn it around so that it feels like something that benefits you. Um, and a part of that, right, it's like, it's like if we build it for the team first, it's about also rewarding you for good work. And, um, and as I said, for me, it's like, like part of, you know, that thing about like future of work um, is that the new generation, you know, it, it used to be like you, you joined the company because you were just like, I just want a job and I want to join this, this big company and stuff. And you get there and then they give you like something. And now I think that people care much more about what a company does and what's the purpose of that company. And they want to join something that they believe in. And so giving people that sense of purpose, like you, you need to have that clarity on what the company is trying to achieve and what your team is trying to achieve. And, and for me, that's, that's where we come in. It's like, we want to build it as not like that experience that you're going through. Um, and, you know, I haven't tried that product. I'm not trying to disparage like anyone doing something. Um, but I think that our tech is more like, how can we make that like more like a GitHub for goal, GitHub for plan. Imagine, if, you know, as a team, you can collectively like think about like, oh, what do we want to do next quarter? 
okay, here's a draft of mm-hmm. a plan. And then you come in and you say, hey, you know what? Like, I'm a developer and I have opinions on this. And here's my comment on the thing. And also, here's how, how much I believe in that. And then as you go through it during a quarter and you update your things, one first, like, I'll, I wish I could show you <laughs> right now, but one thing we're doing is like, we're trying to start our email by like, what's anything positive we can tell you today? And it's like, hey, yesterday, you closed two things. You only have like two to go, like, good job, right? Instead of making you feel uh-huh. like, hey, here's the work that is left out for you to do. Like the dreading thing, like we want to get rid of the dread and make it more feel like a, hey, you're achieving stuff, you're doing good, keep going, right? Yeah, yeah, encouraging. Yeah, that that makes sense. That, that sounds good. So, you know, you worked at Atlassian. What made you decide to quit your job there and bootstrap and do your own thing? Like, you know, wh- what made you, you're so crazy that you did that, right? Like, were you working at Jira or? No, so, um, so in Atlassian, so I was lucky, I joined, so I joined 2011, which was, well, compared to where they are today, they had 450 people, which was already big, but nothing like what we are today. And um, when I joined, I, intuitively, I never wanted to be on one of the big products. Like I went into the DevTools. So I was on something called Fisher Crucible, which became uh, Stash, which became Bitbucket Server. Then I moved into the continuous delivery space, like in a version called Bamboo. Um, but the reason why I picked the smaller um, parts of the company is that you could treat them as a startup. If you're on Jira mm-hmm. and you want to do anything, I can guarantee you that you have to, there's so many uh, doors for you to knock at, you know, and you open one door, there's another one. And, and it's like, there's so many layers yeah. of like control because uh, if you change something, it affects like some, like, like a large amount of people. And, and I understand that, right? I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm just saying that you got to, you know, depending on what you, choose to work on, then it's a different kind of way things are organized. So I did that. Yeah, like the way you do things would be different there. Like in that job, it's almost like people work where it's just knowing how to communicate with other people, understand what other people are trying to do, bring people together and just a lot of that rather than actually maybe working on the product and figuring out how to move a product forward, right? Yeah, it's even the size of your team, right? It's like like a way to think about it is like, is your product one team or multiple teams? Jira has multiple teams. There's a team for the backlog. There's a team for the issue. There's a team for the, you know. And what I picked is like a, a, a thing where, you know, the, the team is a product, um, which makes you able to like move faster on things. And so my specialty in Atlassian was pretty much to go towards like the things that were like these small things that, you know, you, you aren't sure what to do with. And then you, you go there and you, you not you don't have like carte blanche to do anything, but it's almost like that. It feels like good because you feel like being in a more like flexible part of the org. Um, so I did this. So that's the reason why it matters is because like that's also the reason why I left was a combination of um, company growing past the size where I was comfortable, right? So you have different people that correspond at different size of orgs. And it's not, there's nothing bad, right? But someone that you bring in um, for the, you know, it's like one to the first hundred might not be the right person for when the company has like 500 people up to a couple thousands, right. et cetera. And then when I left, like Atlassian had 2,500 employees. Um, and I think that I, I could feel that my job was going more from 
doing product work than to do um, stakeholder management. Once again, you know, I'm not saying like, because some, sometimes it, I, I can see and read, you know, it's like, oh, this is so bad and stuff. And why do you have so many layers? And, and I understand why, why it happens, but I just knew that, okay, that, that's kind of like, it's getting to it for me because otherwise, you know, your trajectory then becomes like, it's a different path, right? It, it's less, less of a hacker path and more of a right. management path, which I thought, hey, I want to go back into like building things. Um, and then at the same time, my son was born. Um, and the first thing that happened when I heard, uh, when I, well, you know, we got the great news that, you know, my wife was pregnant is like, the first thing in my head was like, you got to quit, which is not something people need to do. Right. But <laughs> it's like, it's I like, expect. <laughs> no, nah, I'm like, quit. It's like, quit your job right now. It's like, that, that's the thing. And I went to my manager and I said, Hey, in one year I'm quitting. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I literally said that to him like this. what you gave him a, a one-year heads up that you're quitting yeah. in one year yeah yeah to my entire <laughs> oh, team wow. because i wanted to finish what we were doing which is relevant to tv detection but i wanted to finish what we were doing and um and i thought why not like i had a great relationship with everyone and i thought oh, that way they can prepare and i don't need to, to to stress about it it's a bit weird when you do this because people after six months they think that you're not quitting anymore <laughs> Right, I was like, aren't you leaving? And like, what is to here? I'm like, oh yeah, in six months. And they're like, oh, oh okay, so you haven't changed your mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, that's pretty cool though that you're, you know, that that shows that you had a relationship with the company and your teammates that like that was an okay thing to do. Um, and that they would still, you know, work with you and enjoy working with you for the time that you had and didn't just become like this weird thing. Yeah. No, that, that was, fr frankly, like I had to, last of it it was it was amazing it's obviously you know now you know with time you know you, you forget all the frictions and and uh, and the day-to-day the -day, mm, like yeah. um you know it's like there's obviously like some <laughs> difficulties to working in a large org trying to, to move fast but um honestly like i would recommend going there to anyone like the openness the, the access to the founders the um the culture w was amazing and i learned a lot and then at, at that time i was like yeah okay like this is also a good you know sun is going to come i want to spend time with uh with my family i also wanted you know i'm not australian i'm french we were in australia i thought if we don't go now we'll never go and so i wanted us to spend a bit of time outside of australia um so that you know as a family unit we know that there's more <laughs> It's not, I love Australia, right? This is going to be home, but also, you know, I come from a different place, like two different countries. So um, I wanted mm -hmm. us to, to do that move early so that it doesn't feel difficult later. Um, right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So then you started on Tability and was, were you always like thinking to like bootstrap? You, you have a co-founder. How did, how did you kind of land on what you're actually going to do there? Yeah, so the idea came from the last thing I did. Um, and so I was a product manager um, and our team, so we were working on this product, same thing, right? So one of these products that it's cool, but um, it, it's growing, but not as fast as the rest of the company. And then it's like, hey, Stan, can you look at this with, uh, with you know, this great team? Um, and uh, and we, we, you know, we worked on it for six months and you try to stretch the nature of a product for so long that you realize, hey, that thing 
we need to do it differently. And, and the team actually came at some point, you know, the, the dream of any developer, um, hey, we need to rebuild that thing from scratch. <laughs> and it was like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like at that stage, at last you know, 2,500 people, you don't really do these kind of experiments anymore. It's easier to buy a company. Um, yeah. But then we went to, to our mat, like execs and, 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 you know, one of the CEOs was there and I was in front, um, uh, in front of all that group and you say, Hey, you know what? We figured it out. We need to like kill that thing that makes a lot of money and then rebuild it from scratch. Trust us. Um, and they said, <laughs> yeah. they said, no, <laughs> yeah, I said, nah, no way. And then we came back. We're like, no, 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 no. Trust us. And we actually, I worked with this amazing, um, uh, designer, James Bryant, um, shout out to you. And, and we worked like, um, like, like almost a weekend of, to, to create like a, he's like, he made that story in the keynote and it was animated and it was like a story of a team that gets started. And then that was like, this is what, how people should experience that thing. Not as a separate product, but as a part of Bitbucket, right? Which is like mm -hmm. of GitHub. And it was like, basically we turned like the, we launched like the Bitbucket pipeline. Like we created that as a feature of Bitbucket instead of being a separate product you need to install. And then we showed that and they were like, yes, okay, you gotta do this. Like that makes a lot of sense. But then the next thing that happened is that the, um, so one of the CEOs said to me, okay, I want you to send me an email every week about that problem, about you and your team, like making progress. Like every week, I want you to send an email and I want your three, four core metrics and what you're doing to move the needle. Hmm. And that's where I was like, Scott is a CEO, a billionaire. He's super busy. Like, why does he want me to send an email every week? Like, it's never going to work. He must have like hundreds of emails. And, um, and then I thought about yeah. it, right? And I was like, uh, so he's probably, well, he can just filter my name. Like, I, I never send an email. So if he sees Stan, he knows that it's about a project, right? I'm not going to email him about anything uh, just for the sake of having an answer. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I went through that. And then I realized after a couple of weeks, and he's super nice, right? And he would answer from time to time. And, and But um, I realized that the process was not for him. It was for me and the team. And because we had to send that email every week and, and show progress in the metrics, it's not so much that you're like feeling the reporting side of thing. It, it was more like, damn it, like I'm sending the email to Scott. Like, it, like this number is the same as last week. Like, oh my God, like what do we do this week to make it change? And <laughs> yeah. it kept us on our toes and like things like, you know, you go into a standup and then you hear someone talking about refactoring something that is not used by anyone. And you're like, no, <laughs> no, give it to someone, one team internally. Like, I don't care. I just want to see like someone using it. And then when we know that it's, it's like, it's not working, you can refactor it, but we need to show that people are using it um, because that's yeah. one of the core metrics. Right. And so that's the idea of stability and that's what i meant about like accountability versus goal tracking i was like we want to recreate that piece which is like how do you feel like you need to make progress for yourself like as opposed to like hey you know you have like you need to do some reporting yeah that's really interesting i, I really like that story of how that kind of came to be and i can see how you know you kind of sending those emails to the ceo like really gives some pressure and that, that does kind of give a better idea, even in my mind, of like the, the value of Tability and, you know, how that really helps a team. Um, it makes me think, though, like, do you ever run into 
like you know trying to talk with teams and managers where they almost like don't want it because <laughs> like i i know that in you know at least in you know corporate america big companies there's a lot of people that don't really want to be pushed like they, they want to be able to slack off and having you know a tool like this in some ways kind of pushes them to like oh man everyone's going to be seeing what i'm working on it's going to keep me accountable like a lot of people don't really want that you know <laughs> yeah um but but that's and that's why you know i i said that we focus on teams rather than individuals um because also the one thing we're trying to do is to replace a lot of this human pressure that happens it's like rather than having your manager saying sending you an email on friday to ask you like hey update this thing it's a bot and he has an ISIS and he says, Hey, it's time to do your check-ins. And we really try, like, if you think about like, um, um, like we try to be closer to an experience that is like your personal fitness goal and Strava or something like this, where you feel like you're doing that for you rather than doing that for the rest of the team. So, and I totally agree with you, right? It's like the risk is like, if you don't do it, and that's what I meant about like, we want to say accountability, but we know that it sounds like pretty bad for a lot of people. Um, but when I talk to anyone, right, it's like any team, any person, like it's like accountability and focus is always a problem for anyone starting a new mm -hmm. project. Like I'm sure that, you know, it might be the same for you. And that's because as soon as we start, you know, you set yourself a goal, but as soon as you start on anything, um, that thing that you're starting to do is going to create a new set of distract, not distractions, but new set of things that you need to look at. And, um, Right. And your brain can only do so much about focusing about, you know, the, the, what you have to do right now and what you have to do for the future. Um, and switching between those mode, modes is expensive. And so what we're trying to do is to say, just focus on the now and once a week, we'll remind you about the future. And then you can adjust for now based on, you know, where you said you wanted to go. And that's the second part. Like the second part is like really to try to make it about like where you said you want it to go right it's not we're not making things up for you we're trying to also be steer away from this like super top-down structure okay mm -hmm. here's, here's one for you here's actually one problem that we struggle with in a lot of companies when you go and talk about uh this like one of the first thing people ask us like in especially in management is like that whole cascading thing right it's like how do i cascade stuff how do i do this top down and, and it, it sounds a bit like, how do I click on one thing at the top of a company? And I want to see, make sure that everybody, I want to check on everyone. And the answer that we have to is, is like, you probably don't want to do that. You probably want more to define the top plan and let your team, but are smart people align on that in the best way they can. So aligning versus cascading. Cascading is like really this like like I do this and then I want to check that everyone doing is doing the thing as I want to. And for us, aligning is more yeah. like trusting that people can look up. What we want to do is like allow every team to be able to look up and then as I said, you know, more like a GitHub for goal is like collectively define a plan they're happy about. It's like have a review process, like have comments feedback, it's like everybody needs to participate. But once they lock the plan, it's supposed to be like a team effort, right? It's like we as a team decided we want to do this. And so now this is where we come in and say, all right, okay, we're gonna be um, your focus assistant and we're gonna help you, you know, keep track of that. 
And so the notifications yeah. that you get, for instance, the notification that I get, um, viability is like once a week, it's about like, hey, those are the outcomes that they're attached to my name, but they're team outcomes. They're not like Stan needs to do this. It's more like, well, I look, I update this thing and I, you know, get comments from, you know, for, like I, I kind of like summarize things for the rest of the team. And uh, my personal daily reminder, like I have like also tasks and it's just a nice email that shows me like what I've done this week and what's left to do. But it, it's almost like if you have a Trello board and you put things into like what I'm supposed to do this week and every morning the Trello board will tell you, it's like, hey, this is what you have in flight. Like make sure you, you are you still working on it? If not, then maybe we'll move it back to next week, right? It's like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm really, for me, it's like, this is the thing is like, I really want to talk about you, <laughs> but I'm deeply passionate about that problem of <laughs> how do you make, how do you enable team to be focused without like coming up with a tool that, that looks like micromanagement, right? And that's, that's the thing is like, mm-hmm. I believe that this is going to be like a much bigger need because teams are being remote, because people want purpose and not tasks. And because you want to have like smaller autonomous teams and it's easier when teams are remote to spend time discussing about where you want to go than what you're actually doing today. Right. It's like they can figure yeah. it out. Yeah. No, that's, that's all good. Uh, so the last question I have for you. Um, so you've been, you know, I think you've what started this like two years ago now. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So, can you give us a sense of just like how things are going, um, like how things are going today with Tability? Yeah. So wait, this is this is going to be a cool story because it there's a you know solo founder to co-founder to you know pivoting as well. Um, so I'm going to try to make it short. So when you know things are clear now in my head, but at that time after that thing with with Scott and leaving the company and etc., um, I was like, oh, there's a problem here, and I need a solution. Um, and I did this keynote that explained the problem and I was like, there's a team and they're remote and they have all these tools and they want to be focused while working, you know, far from each other. And then I had like a slide with like solution. It was like the title of the slide was solution. And then I had two squares and then two question marks. And under one uh, square, I, I wrote automated and under the other square, I wrote manual. And, um, I did not know what the solution would look like. And then I ended up um, picking the automated bit because first of all, and that's the thing about Potion. So I didn't have time to do uh, customer research because um, we moved to Europe. Yep. And as soon as we got to Portugal, my wife was pregnant with our second kid. And so I was like, I wanted to take some time off. And all of a sudden you have like, oh, okay, nine months, like we have two kids. So I better get started because I know that if, you know, we have two kids, I'm probably not going to do any startup. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. And so I was like, okay, you got to start somewhere and then you learn. And so I started the automated route because I came from CICD and it said all things are automated. And I called the company Squadlytics, which is a terrible name. And the idea was to do productivity analytics for teams. And um, I thought, well, if I can show you the activity of the team, then at some point, if you see the activity dropping, you can see that there's a problem. Therefore, you need to go talk to your team. And it was a so-so idea. (laughs) It was not a good idea. Mm -hmm. But especially because what it pushed people to ask, well, they're like, oh, we want more analytics. And they wanted to have people analytics, which I never wanted to do. 
it, it took the product in the wrong direction and it was about like micromanagement people people wanted to know yeah i want to see how much code noah has done on the monday between 9 a.m and and 12 and and make sure <laughs> that he's active right it's like that's the yeah, type yeah. of feature request I, I got and i was like i'm gonna kill this thing which i did um but before <laughs> doing that i spoke to a bunch like that gave me the opportunity to talk to teams because i could go to dev managers and people doing things i'm like hey i'm building this thing like what do you think and they were like, ah, yeah, no, nah, we don't, we've, we don't really do that. And then it gives you the opportunity to push a discussion and say, but so yeah, how yeah. Do, do you have this problem? And we're like, yeah, we do have this problem. How do you do it today? Oh, well, we have a spreadsheets. And then in the spreadsheets, we kind of like um, update things every day. Well, we send an email to the team and then they come to the spreadsheet and find it. There. And he was describing a process of what Tability is. And then it just clicked. It basically, I was like, oh, this is super expensive and manual. Um, and it, it's also like what we used to do at that lesson. And I couldn't see that before. But then all of a sudden, when many people tell you the same thing, then you see the opportunity and then I pivoted. And then um, Michael Fader, who's like an amazing designer, and I had worked with him to help me with branding of Squadletics, etc. At that time, I'm like, hey, I know what to do now. Are you in? And he jumped in. And at that time, I was like, I need to change, <laughs> we need to change the name of the company because you kind of like want to start from scratch, right? And give him right, ownership. Yeah. And give a new face. Yeah. And so he find that name um, and that's how Tability started really. And so we launched the first version of the platform on January, 2019. Um, okay. That's a, that's the first thing. So what else? Um, yeah, bootstrapping. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So I'm not a bootstrap versus um, funding. I'm not uh, particularly on every side. Like I feel like it's like yeah, you do yeah. what you need, right? It's like right, right. I don't know what what are you, what what are your thoughts around that? Like, do you lean toward one or the other? Um, yeah, no, I I'm kind of the same. Like, if I if it made sense for me to get some funding, I would do it. I think I. I do think I probably stray away from just like going like the typical VC route. Um, but like, you know, there's lots of other investors, angel investors that I think I would probably more so see myself aligning with, you know, especially nowadays, um, you know, uh, like tiny seed and, and, uh, earnest capital and, and other cool kind of, um, more bootstrapper friendly kind of, uh, funds that are coming out. Like I could, I could definitely see going with something like that at some point, um, if it made sense. Um, but yeah, otherwise like, yeah, it, I think, you know, it, it makes sense. You know, you got to look at your situation, what product you're building, um, what you need and, and figure out what makes the most sense for that situation. Um, so yeah, I'm not like diehard, like it has to be, you can't raise any money or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, I, I think as well, so that's the thing is like in my situation, the thing as well is like a lot of people don't realize when they listen to some of the stories of bootstrappers, like a, some people have the opportunity to do many ad bats and that's well, was my case, right? It's like coming out of Atlassian post IPO, like I had enough savings that I'm like, I can, I can try things. Um, at some point, definitely, you know, you, you need to figure out what's that thing you need to do. But I think that's for some people, that's a thing that I feel like is missing in a lot of this discussion. It sounds like I'm like, 
how there's I don't like the, the, the calling that luck, but I think that the luck for me is like your ability to extend the number of tries that you can do until you figure it out, right? And in my story, yeah. for instance, I had to build something and then that thing helped me learn the new thing. Um, and that's usually how things go. It's like some people start somewhere and then along the, the road, you know, they'll learn more about what other, you know, they talk to people and, and are able to crystallize, you know, what problem they need to solve. And if someone doesn't have enough savings or their ability or, you know, they, they're constrained financially, like, I'm like, why would you go, uh, be so against them, like, you know, getting some revenue, which will, or cash or that, which that will help them, um, try all these different things and get that opportunity to learn. Like, that's the thing is like, is that you gotta have the opportunity to learn, to be able to land on something concrete. I guess, um, are you at the point where you're like, you know, like you're comfortable, like where, you know, stability is financially paying for your guys' needs as a family and stuff like that? Or, or do you still have like some, some, some room to, to grow and, and push to get to that point? Yeah, no, definitely have some, some room to grow. So we started to, to pay ourselves, um, which is good, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's still like that early also because of our business model, which we shoot ourselves in the foot by doing this like super generous pricing. Um, we didn't shoot ourselves in the foot. That, that's the wrong way to say it. This is exactly like, I, I come from the school of, um, you know, bottom up, um, build something for um, everyone rather than, you know, it's like with the top enterprise company and make them pay a, a lot. And I think that, um, what's his name again? The guy from Stripe that always says charge more. Um, he will um. cringe <laughs> hear me saying saying that. But but yeah, I wish you know we could build something that can be used by many. And the reason there's a reason behind it is because I feel like for me. Um, and here's a story that I don't tell to to you know, a lot because it sounds like a bit like uh, maybe a bit hippie. But um, I think that if we help teams be more outcome driven, I think that actually that will also give more folks opportunities because now people stop counting hours and they think more about like, are we getting where we want to go get? And it doesn't matter when you work, uh, how you do it, where you work from. Um, and I think, you know, it's like, I've seen my wife, you know, after you have a kid, like it's like hard to get like good opportunities because people are like, can you come to the office? Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you put these specific hours? And if we can help teams like change that mentality and be more like looking at like, wait, what are our goals? And as long as we're achieving that, it's fine. Um, yeah. Like that's the thing for me. So we need to build the tool in such a way that a lot of teams can afford it, um, which is what we're trying to do. Side note, the so we're we're a team of three. So me and my co-founder. Okay. And we find um, Maisie who's great and Maisie normally lives in a van. So take that like for, uh, you nice. know, being like absolutely remote. Um, and we didn't care because we were like, oh, she's amazing. And <laughs> we just need to have her part of a team. And, and, and it just works great because what we talk about is like, okay, what are we trying to achieve? You know, this quarter, this week, uh, we don't really care where you do it from, how you do it. Um, if it gets done, then that's perfect. 
so yeah so that then leads you to have like this model where um you know you growing but it's like slow and then but it's also like a safe growth right yeah so yeah, yeah another that convoluted way to to answer your question but no that's good uh yeah thanks for sharing um a lot about stability that's that's pretty cool the the journey you're going on there um so you told me that you had some you know, tough questions to drill me on <laughs> with potion. It's not. Uh, so yeah, what what what's what's up? Yeah, so it's not tough. I, I listened to a podcast where you gave me a, a, a shout out, like in the when you were talking about yeah. coming with your idea for potion. Um, and so when I listened to it, like the one thing that for me strikes me is that you're super intentional about your moves, and the way you thought about you you were talking about you know waves and also the amount of customer research that you do. Um, and I wanted first to touch on that, like, because I think that there's two schools, well, not two schools, there are many schools, but there's one that was like 12 startups in 12 months, for instance, what do you think of that versus like, yeah. And I'm, and he's, he's great. Right. It's like, and I'm saying like, it's not about levels. It's more about like the, the idea of doing that, um, versus the idea of being more like, okay, so I, I'm focusing on this one. Then okay, I'm gonna focus on another one, and I'd love to talk about that transition a bit more as well. But how do you? Yeah. So it's interesting because I think this kind of ties back to what uh, John, who I had on the podcast uh, last week, and I talked about, which is I think how I kind of think about it is that you know, especially with your first business, like at some point there's just like a a a. Um, you know, a motive to just make it, you know, just to, to make some money and just like get a business off the ground. And like, if you can do that, like that's in the beginning, that's kind of what you maybe care about the most just to, you know, kind of be able to do your own business, get some freedom. And once you've kind of gotten to a point, then you start kind of caring about like, <clears throat> okay, well, what do I actually want to build? What do I actually want to do with my life? And, and what kind of, um, product do I want to build to actually help people or be involved in a business that allows me to uh, do the things and goals that I have in life. Um, And so I do think right now where I'm at, I I am more so on the part of like, I am kind of just looking for an opportunity where it's like, you know, if I, if I found something that made um, $10,000 a month, I'd be, you know, pretty happy at that. Like, obviously I have some standards where it's like, okay, there's certain things I just wouldn't want to do. Um, and I wouldn't spend, want to spend my time doing that. Um, but I think I have a pretty kind of wide, um, I guess, acceptance of different ideas and projects and things that I would be willing to do if I thought, you know, maybe I could make some money doing this. Um, and I think that the older I get, the more kind of that range of things will be more and more narrow where it's like, okay, this is what I really care about in life. This is a problem I really care about. And so I'm going to focus all my energy on that one problem. Um, but that being said, like, I do think with potion, I kind of did come across something where I do think I, 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 uh, like my values and what I care about really do kind of match a lot more. Um, than maybe some of my past um, startups. Like, for example, my first startup that I did with a buddy from college, uh, Coffee Pass, um, you know, it was helping local coffee shops and stuff. And at the time, I didn't even drink coffee. 
<laughs> like I didn't even like coffee at the time. Of course, through doing that and selling to coffee shop owners and stuff, I kind of got onto coffee. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like I, th- I think I have kind of had an arc where I've kind of figured out more and more like what I care about, what kind of business I want to create. And so I have a better idea of what that looks like. And so kind of going back to your question, like I think it makes sense to... I think it makes sense, a lot of sense for a lot of entrepreneurs to kind of do like the 12 startups in 12 months where you're just, you're just kind of shotgun machine gunning, like just trying things. Cause there's so much you can learn from like just trying lots of ideas. You know, you can learn how to build lots of different things and you kind of can find and figure out what you like as well as maybe just find an idea that could work. Um, but I think after you've done that for a while, you kind of, um, start to kind of really know what you care about and then want to kind of focus more on those areas. Um, it's kind of like the, like the explore and then exploit kind of idea where you explore for a while, you're looking, you're trying to find things, you're trying different things. And then once you've found enough things, you've found some good things, you've learned some stuff, and now you're ready to kind of exploit those areas where you've learned and you maybe even have more self-awareness about yourself. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I think about it. Um, and I think I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trending upward into the being hopefully better at exploiting things. Maybe I'd hope, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but that, that's it. I just want, um, push more on on that aspect, like the, the learnings you can do, like from 12 startups in 12 different months. Like I think that. The risk that I see, for instance, is that someone just builds 12 different things, right? It's like, and, and, and you can see that. So we're both like on the Indie Hackers forum and you can see like how a lot of people struggle to, um, to get their thing in front of people. And so I'm like, how much do you learn if you don't get usage? So, um, what would be your approach? Like if you go 12. Like concretely, actually, I'd love to know how much time would you spend building a thing? How much time would you spend um, talking to people? How much time would you spend like trying to distribute each of the 12 different product? Because I think that's a breakdown that is missing when people say that. Like, I'm like, are you just like coding 12 different things and then you shell it? Or are you trying to do 12 <laughs> different landing pages? Or are you trying to do, you know, it's like, love to know what your approach would be yeah. there. Hmm. I mean, four I weeks. Think, um, sorry. What's that? Four weeks? Yeah. It's like 12 times four weeks. Yeah. Right. I mean, so I think again, going back to like early stages of an entrepreneur in some ways, just getting something shipped, just getting a product out is there's a ton of learning in that, you know, especially if you're new to software development and stuff like that. Like there's so many things you can learn. So I still think that's, you know, maybe okay for earlier entrepreneurs. Um, But then obviously, like you're saying, like eventually you got to spend time talking to people, learning how to sell to them, figuring out what they need, what they want, which definitely takes some more time. Um, I don't know. They're at least with the 12, you know, months, 12 starts, 12 months. Uh, really what I think, you know, Peter levels talks about is really just like the launching of like learning what people need from the launch. And so like, I think there, there is maybe some products and some ideas where we're just launching it, getting out there. 
And if you if you do a really good job of the launch and, and actually talking to people in those few days or whatever, you might get enough feedback from that just to know like maybe there's something here or not um, to where, okay, let's keep working on this, keep pushing down this road um, where, or, or you, you know, you get, you, you do that and you get kind of a response that like, okay, this isn't that interesting people, you know, so I could see that maybe working. Um, I do think there's certain ideas that tend to be more towards that or not. Like, you know, there's some ideas where it just takes forever, even just to build a product or it could take a whole year of refining and working on it where, you know, doing something and launching it after a month, you're probably not going to really learn enough to know if that is actually a, a valid thing to continue building or not. Um, but like very small scope products, I think, you know, you could, you could figure out a good amount in, in that amount of time. And I, I guess I also think that makes sense for indie hackers and, and entrepreneurs starting out is, you know, start with something small first. Um, that isn't going to take you forever. And so if if you do pick really, you know, small scope project and ideas that make sense in that smaller timeline, like I think it could make sense to do the, the 12 months, 12 startups kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. No, but, and, and well, first of all, I want to say, yeah, levels, like Peter levels is def- definitely like he's exceptional um, in his ability to do things. And I think what, um, one thing I heard just now is like, basically it's like try 12 different distribution um, approach. Well, distribution is what you would focus on so that you can try to see if there's demand for that and learn from your ability. So whether or not you have like a, a product completely built, maybe it's best to focus on figuring out if there is demand for something or to them. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely the hardest question to answer is like, is there enough demand for this product idea or this problem that, you know, I could actually make something with this business and make a go with it? Yeah. And now to um, segue back to your product, like I know that you and you, you talked about it when um, with coming with the idea of Potion, but that was um, like my understanding is that you identify that demand by different needs. Right, not directly by experimenting on it, but by just looking at what was happening around the notion market. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, so I guess in some ways I didn't necessarily do the the twelve month twelve start thing and I guess I wasn't necessarily trying to do that, but I yeah, I think there's a there is a lot that you can figure out with just research, um, or with, you know, talking to people, um just trying like little tests or little bets, like even like putting out like a tweet or a little blog post or, you know, just putting out some little things with ideas around something that kind of just gives you some some feedback around, is there something there? Is there a problem here that people care about that needs solved? Um, so I think there's definitely lots of ways uh, that you can do that. Yeah, yeah I, I just wanted to say, because I feel like I maybe I, I, I'm doing this I'm leaning, leading you toward like saying things that you didn't say, but um, I don't think that necessarily like you, you're, well, I'll say, I'll talk for myself. Like, I don't think 12 startup in 12 months is a good thing for most entrepreneurs. I'd say that maybe four startups in three months each is better so that you can learn more. But what I like about what you've done is that, as I said, it feels like you're actually spending enough time on each one of your things, especially being... Like the first one was a B2B product, 
Right. Which I think is right. a bit harder than in B2C to, to experiment with demand. And you just got to build that thing and then talk to those support managers and see really if it's a thing that they can bring into their company. Like there's like different, um, you know, they don't necessarily have a credit card to pay for it. Or, you know, you might have hoops to go through before you can install the plugin. So um, I think that in some cases, like it really, you, you, you don't have a great workaround um, to accelerate things, right? You, you have to build a thing. You have to try to get it used. Yeah. No, no, that definitely makes sense. Like, I definitely think there's some markets or some certain types of customers like B2B and stuff where it just really does take a lot of time to build those relationships and make things happen to where you could actually make a, a business. And it, it's really hard to test that in one month, like you're saying. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to switch gears a bit um, and ask you more about like actual portion of how you approach like the, the um, building in public. So I love that you're really um, public about the actual, you know, day-to-day -day problems. Um, but I, I was wondering, it's like what, and this is because it relates also to what I'm doing, but how do you think about where you need to be like what do you have like some kind of you know goals that you set for yourself or are you working you know um day by day week by week and seeing you know where you land yeah um yeah it's really interesting how i kind of work especially in the beginning days like i don't do any documenting i don't do any tasks like i don't have so typically you know i'd use trello i'd use well now i use notion for like writing my tasks down my to-dos what i'm doing for whatever reason i've done this the last couple of projects i don't do that at all in the beginning stage um you know i do and i've showed this i i do some like documenting some maybe some a little bit of research like i have like pages with links to them and maybe like just typing down a, a little bit about like what's a hard problem I need to figure out and here's some ideas about how to solve it. But other than that, like I'm not putting in tasks and keeping what I have in progress, what's done. I don't really have any goals at all, actually. <laughs> um, and it, it, I know from um, experience with doing this in the past that at some point it, it kind of flips where when I think it's really once I've launched, once I've launched the MVP, I then kind of switch into, okay, what are my actual goals? What are some tasks that I need to do? And then actually like prioritizing them and things like that. Um, where I think, and maybe this is what it is. It's just in the early days, I, I have just like a pretty simple idea of what the MVP is and I can hold it all in my brain that I don't write anything down of, of like tasks or anything. And I just kind of go towards it. And basically I'm, I'm like running all on motivation right now. So I'm just like very motivated to work on it and build it and, and see it kind of happen. And I guess I, because of that, I, I just don't have as many like goals. I'm more my goals just get this thing launched as fast as possible. And that's like the main thing I'm like looking towards. Um, but yeah, but that, that, that for me, that's like, first of all, that's a very focused goal. Right. And I think that's the right thing to do. Like if you have like five different right. things that you're trying to achieve, it's probably going to be more, um, difficult, but so if I think about it, if I look at anyone building in public, like it's really easy to see what they've done. It's harder to see where they want to be. And, mm -hmm. and that's what I'm talking about is like, what is your, uh, now I'm asking actually, for instance, your MVP, 
what is your when is your due date when when do you want to launch it have you yeah. thought about that and 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 when you launch yeah. it like do you have some expectations or or, or not or yeah so um I, i have kind of figured this out in my mind a little bit and actually i probably should do like you know one of my little like tweet videos just like talking through this i think would be a good idea so thanks for bringing it to to my attention um but yeah i i think I think that I can hopefully get like an MVP out in about a month from now. Um, and I'm, I'm still kind of refining like what the scope of that is, maybe taking some things out, taking, adding some things in. And I, my plan at least is to just kind of have an early access to where maybe I just let like 10 people in and really just kind of, kind of refine what I have already with that. Um, like, I don't think I need to do like a, a big launch kind of thing. Um, I guess this kind of goes back to kind of what we we're talking about with the 12 months, 12 startups. Like, I think I have enough conviction in what I'm building and from the research I'm doing that like, I'm, I'm kind of sold on it for longer term than just like, oh, I just need to launch this and then see what happens with that. And then I'll decide what I'm going to do. Like, So I'm, I'm kind of planning my launch more slowly in phases to make sure I can get the product right. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of the plan is like in a month or so, hopefully get like 10 people to come in, have them play around with it, you know, have them find some issues or things that I can improve. And I'll just, you know, kind of start to iterate and improve from there um, till I get to a point where I think it's, you know, ready for more people. Um, and I think part of that that I've figured out so far is when I first launched MVP, I'm not going to be focusing on like page speed and things like that as much, which I know people are going to care about. And so I think I might not actually, you know, let a lot more people in until I've gotten that kind of infrastructure down to make the the page speed a lot better. And And some of those things that I know are kind of just going to be the standard to start with. Um, so I'm just kind of going to let some people in that are kind of maybe more so okay with just uh, being okay with some of those flaws that the the MVP will have. Yeah. It's kind of my plan. Yeah, no. Thanks. Oh, okay. I actually really like that. I think I think it's hard. Like, I think whatever goals you set to yourself anyway, anyway it, it's... If you say like I want to have like that many users, like it, it's always going to be wrong anyway. <laughs> it's, right. But um, yeah, I also try to be careful with that too because like I don't want to. In some ways, I don't. I know it's 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 hard, and like I don't want to like necessarily get disappointed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I set like a super high goal to where like oh I want to get all these people using it and all this stuff, and that doesn't happen, it's like am I going to get to a point where I'm just like well I guess this isn't working. I don't want to do it anymore. Like. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I, I get at least my personality, like I tend to try to set my goals a little bit lower just because I know myself, like if, if I get really disappointed with how I'm doing, it, it can like mess me up from continuing and, and doing my best. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so now, now I, and I totally agree with that. I think that that's the thing is like one of the mistakes to be overly ambitious. I think it's, uh, Like being French, like it's easy to be conservative, which has its negatives as well, but definitely helps by uh, yeah, maintaining momentum because you don't get like stressed all the time, like trying to pursue things that are way too big for you. Um, yeah. But that's a, like, I haven't heard you talk 
like so when you like the support man switch was that yeah so you you said that it was like um no not necessarily the best fit for you uh in terms of you know product founder fit um but when at which point because we're, we're talking about that journey right it's like you you're building a thing you're building a thing building a thing and then at some point you're like right right okay I, i'm now realizing that perhaps you know there's something else that i want to do and do you have like some kind of ideas of like how you manage to like make the call yeah we're the switching yeah so i i think i have talked about this a little bit on the podcast um but yeah i probably can share more about my thinking around that um can, basically can with support change, change that, that question is like more like if i like so you have listeners that are probably in the same situations and and they work on something for a while and and then at some point you have to figure out like do you keep going with that thing or do you you know right, like right. try to i mean that's like one of the hardest questions to to starting a, a business right yeah well it happened to me right and and at some point i was like oh let's just shut this thing down as well and do something else yeah um, yeah yeah curious to see if you see some kind of like not yeah methodology or from not a framework but like a some kind of like hints that it's time yeah well i think i think and that's why it's hard to come up with a framework for one like these kind of things like it's i feel like it's very based off of your own experience and i think that's where maybe where like you know doing just trying lots of things can help you kind of build that experience of like okay this is feeling good this is not feeling good like this is the kind of response i expect to get from users and people when i build something um so this is you know going down that path it's a good thing where this isn't and it's like it's hard to build up that kind of muscle to know like what's a good response and what's not um but for me with support man it was more so just like um seeing a lack of of places to go when it comes to distribution, which I think distribution, like finding distribution, I think is probably one of the hardest parts of building a business and, and like getting that right. <clears throat> and I tried multiple things with support man, um, and was just kind of hitting into walls, um, where I wasn't, you know, nothing was really working with that. Um, and one of the main ones was I kind of had this hypothesis that the intercom app store marketplace would, you know, just bring a lot more leads than it actually did. And so when I saw like that distribution channel, which I knew, which I, I thought would be my main distribution channel. And I, and I came up with that hypothesis from talking to other um, intercom app developers where a lot of them said, you know, like 80% of our customers come from the intercom marketplace. And that's what made me kind of feel like, okay, this, this should be a good distribution channel. This should be where I should expect, uh, my users to come from. And so when that didn't really happen that well, and it just wasn't going as well as I'd like to see there. Um, and then I tried like doing some emailing, reaching out to, to, uh, support managers directly and trying to do some selling that way, um, things like that. Um, basically I just started to see like, okay, this maybe isn't going to work as well as, you know, I had, uh, hoped or hypothesized. Um, and that's where I kind of started to look for, you know, maybe there is something that would be better for me to spend my time on. Not that I necessarily decided that support man's not going to work. Like I think, you know, it's a, it's a very small business. It's still going on the side right now. 
And what I do really like about it is it doesn't really take any support or, or, or my time because it's a very, you know, simple tool that just kind of works. Um, so I can just kind of keep that running and, and maybe it will slowly grow. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I decided that, you know, maybe I'd like to try something else at that point. And I can always go back to support man if, and, and, you know, build more on it. If I, I come up with more ideas or, or learn more, um, as I'm kind of working on something else. Yeah. No, but well, but for me, that totally makes sense. Right. Especially, yeah. Mm -hmm. the, um, and I think this is why, you know, coming back to what we were saying before, it's like almost like if you start a project, maybe um, think about distribution first, which goes back to your, mm -hmm. you know, ideas of, you know, the wave um, analogy, which was also like a great, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the Justin Jackson versus Jason Fried uh, podcast, I think. Oh yeah, that should be good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I want to, I want to see what they said about that because it seemed to, uh, seems to be an interesting discussion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's so hard, like, you know, to know and, and know that you're working on the right thing and, and validate a problem. And it just takes a lot of time, um, like you were saying. And yeah, it, I feel like it, in some ways, you know, it takes learning, it takes experience, but it, it does seem like it does kind of just take trying some different things um, to where it kind of clicks. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a hard question, like you're saying of like, okay, do you just keep trying things or do you need to just like keep going with what you're doing and just like, you know, stay strong and uh, have some grit and just like kind of get through the hard parts where, um, sorry, one, one other thing I was thinking is um, I think where I kind of um, more so am now leaning towards, you know, try to find out um, and validate something quickly um, or, or figure out if it's going to work or not work like quicker is because with coffee, coffee pass, like my first startup experience, like we really just like stuck to it. And now looking back, like I can see, like there was a lot of problems that we just kind of didn't think about enough or, or, or we saw them and we just kind of just blew through it because we were just like, all right, we're going to have grit. We're going to just keep at this. And like, we just like, we're not going to stop basically. And you know, in some instances, I think that can be maybe a good attitude or good way to look at things. But um, I don't know, that kind of showed me like, uh, I, I do want to be more cautious, I guess, and like, not just keep working on something and just only have grit. Um, if because it's very possible that it's, it's just not gonna work out, you know. Um, so I think that experience is what has kind of pushed me more towards like, uh, maybe trying some more things or at least trying smaller things to where it allows you to maybe figure out or validate it quicker. Yeah. And I was, yeah, but that's, that's so the grid aspect. Um, actually here's how I think about it. You, it's an absolute requirement because no matter, unless you're and now super lucky. So for me, it's like the lucky element of building a company is um, how many experiments will you need to run to get, get it right. And, and it's because mm -hmm, you'll start mm -hmm. somewhere. And then, as you said, you know, it's like you learn some things for the support man, you start somewhere, then you think about distribution and you try one channel and it's not the right one. So now it's like, maybe if you can try 10 different other channels and get the right time to do that, then you'll figure out like how to reach out to all those people that need your product. Like we did a, I did a thing like recently where I was like, 
someone asked me like, oh, what's a TAM? What's a total addressable market for your product? And I was like, uh, and my, my, my quick calculation was like, Atlassian has uh, 50,000 customers. Every single one of these companies could use a product. So that's it. Yeah, it's like, like we can get at least 50,000. But then I went to Crunchbase mm-hmm. and I started to look for how many companies have more than 10 people and made $1 million in revenues. And it was like more than 200,000. And I was like, whoa, well, look at that. <laughs> and then, but then I was like, why am I not in touch with all of them? Like, as I, and I look <laughs> yeah. at all the names, I'm like, I'm like, I recognize a lot of names. So I'm like, but I know all, a lot of these companies and, and you just have to get in front of them. But then same thing, I was like, how do you get enough time to try different things to, to, to find the right way to be in front of those people? And so I think grit is definitely something you need so that you can stick at it um, to, to find your answers. And I think the part where I also agree is that you also need to avoid some cost fallacy where now you, you're picking a wrong approach. Mm-hmm. For instance, like the, the bad side of grit is like not being able to understand that, hey, you know what, the intercom marketplace is not my channel. And then you're like, no, 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 it's going to be. And then you keep pushing into the same wrong thing instead of trying something different. You know, it's like a, a sideway. Right. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's like that's, um, and it's like, being able to realize when it's time to switch ever like tactics or just ideas together. I think that's, uh, yeah, that's uh, the, one of the hardest thing. It's like, what if you haven't pushed hard enough and then you just needed to do one more thing and then it will just click. Or what if you push too much and then you just run out of money and then you have to stop because, because cash. How, what do you find, like, actually, like a more general question, what do you think about Twitter for distribution? Yeah, so I think, I, I mean, everything really depends. I think that with what I'm doing with Potion, it makes a lot more sense for me to be more active on Twitter and try to use Twitter as distribution because um, I'm going to be selling to, you know, more entrepreneurs um, and founders and people like that, which are the are the kind of people that would follow me on Twitter and that, you know, I think I can make content for on Twitter that they would like to see where with support man, like Twitter didn't really matter, you know, that much. Like if you're going more B2B or enterprise or up, up, upstream, like Twitter doesn't matter as much, I don't think. Um, and so that's why with the Twitter stuff, like I decided like, okay, I think Potion makes sense for me to be more active on Twitter and, and build in public. Cause I think that's the kind of people that would like that would also like what I'm doing with potion. Hopefully. Yeah. No, that's cool. No, I think, I think you're right. Like I'm impressed by, um, I think Matt Wenzing, um, for, that is building summit is doing this great. Like I want to steal some of his like food because it's like amazing. at I'm doing this little demos of like, and this is, you know, this is why you need this. And, and it's, it's a tool when you think about it, right? It's like a financial forecast for right. uh, replacing like, like a like virtual CFO. And I think it's doing a great job of making it, turning that into some uh, live experience that you can learn from using Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, he does do a, a great job with that for sure. Look, I think I ran out of uh out of my questions like <laughs> i re- was really interested in knowing you know how you were thinking about the I, I definitely have a lot more that i could talk about if i think about it but the 
thinking about how you think about the future um, and how you want to, to say, how you set goal for yourself, like um, things like not putting a lot of too much pressure on you, I think is, is, is great. I have to get, I have to get that fixed. Um, but yeah, I was just saying, um, <clears throat> I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, but there's a wait list. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll do it for you. All right. So if you're interested in portion, you can check noahbrag.com <laughs> slash portion. <laughs> I don't know. And then get on the wait list yeah. and you'll have the first access to our EAP and, um, we're eager to see you there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Sten. Uh, yeah, so thanks for being on the podcast, Sten. It was fun chatting with you. Um, listeners, I'll put all of Sten's links um, in the, the notes so you can, can find what he's doing and what he's working on. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I'll chat with you guys in another episode. Thanks.